You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Before we went to Chile, um, I was ministering on the subject of grace. And while Pastor Ron and I were away praying in January, we tried to go away a few times and just pray and see what the Lord wants to say. And I uh, kept praying out these words, um, uh, sanctified and holy by grace. So those are big words, grace, sanctification, and holiness. Now, don't anybody get scared, but I'm going to just lay down some really good doctrine to you today, all right? I'm not going to, you know, um, a lot of people, when they go to church these days, they, they, want, they want, you know, I don't know, um, something that uh, I, the word of God itself will refresh you. I don't have to pump you up and do a little circus act for you to uh, receive something from the Lord. And so there's some doctrine, there's some things about this. And so I looked through my notes. I've been preaching for 30, uh, wow, 32, 33 years. And I looked through my notes and I don't think I've ever preached a message on sanctification. Well, I think it's well overdue. And, uh, and holiness either. They've been woven in. But, um, and, and I think the reason, well, I don't know what the reason is. I remember my mammal. Everybody heard me talk about my mammal. Uh, my mammal knew the Lord. And she went to a particular denominational church. And the only thing I ever remember about sanctification is because this particular church believed it was an, another work after salvation. And she always told me, she says, I was sanctified a laughing. I was like, what? So it's a move of the Spirit of God, but they called it sanctification. And uh, um, that's really all I knew about sanctification. But as I began to pray about it in January, and then it kept coming up. When it, Wednesdays, when I led noon prayer, it kept coming up. Sanctification and holiness by grace. Because a lot of times people look at it, and what does that mean? And so... Um, that the word grace, the word sanctification, the word holiness, those are really good, important uh, theological words, but they're also important doctrinal words. And then since they're important that way, then they're important to your daily life. Because remember, we're not trying to do anything that, you know, uh, I'm not trying to turn you all into theologians. I'm trying to help you to live. The Holy Ghost wants you to be able to live every day and receive from the Lord. And so we use this scripture as we are talking about grace. So I want you to start with me in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Y'all good today? Everybody ready to receive? Your eyes are open? Ready to receive? You're, you're being careful how and what you hear, right? I'm on, the what of it's going to be taken care of, but it's just more of how you're going to hear it. So here we go. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. And so grace, we looked at all the different kinds of grace there is. Saving grace, serving grace, uh, um, uh, grace to live by, grace to be rich, uh, all those, the, the, the grace to stand against the wiles of the devil. So grace is a big word. It's all inclusive. It's not just in receiving your salvation. And so here it says, and now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, grace, which is able. So the word of his grace, the message of grace, the word of his grace, Jesus himself is able. Everybody say he's able. What is he able to do? He's able to build you up. Come on. Aren't you glad the word of God builds you up? Aren't you glad the word of God builds you up? God never tears down. He builds up. Come on, he, he's a builder. 
and he'll build you up, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Now, what's an inheritance? Y'all know what a natural inheritance is, don't you? You know, um, (laughs) you know, it's where you wait for someone to die and get all their money. Now, we don't like it that way, but that's really what it is, right? How many know Jesus died to give you an inheritance? You're an heir and a joint heir. That means co-equal. In other words, Jesus said, everything the Father has is mine. And then he turned right around and said, and I give it to you. You're an heir. Everybody say, I'm an heir. You're a joint heir, right? What is that? I'm an heir of salvation. In other words, the Old Covenant mean, uh, the Old Testament means really it's the will and testament. And so the New Testament, that's his will and testament to you. And that, that the word of grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Sanctified. Everybody say, I'm sanctified. Am I really? Well, let's see. So let's, the, the definition of sanctification is this. Sanctified means to set apart as to declare holy, consecrated, to set apart for special use or purpose. I like Webster's revised unabridged definition. It says the act of God's grace by which the affections of men are purified. So it's, the, it's God's grace. Sanctification is God's grace, which, uh, which uh, the affections of men are purified. So our un, uh, the, any affections that aren't towards God, they're purified. Are you glad you're purified? You're purified or alienated from sin and this world and exalted to a supreme love to God. The, it also is the state of being purified or sanctified. Now, this one I really like. The state of proper functioning. Sanctified means the state of proper functioning. To set apart a person for the attended use of its designer. Sanctified. The state of proper functioning. To set apart a person for its attended use or its, by its designer. And so I use this example, and I've used it for other things. Um, I went to your house this weekend while you were gone, and I went into your bedroom and where you have your, um, your, your um, elliptical and your bike and your treadm- treadmill. So I went everywhere, and I found some of you using it as a clothes rack. If your treadmill, if you do it just right, you can line up your tennis shoes and your good shoes on there, and they're easy to spot. And then if you have a, a, a bike with the, the hands that move, you can use those for, your, you know, just when you got home, you can throw your, you know, your shirts on there, you know, and, and stuff like that. And the elliptical, the same thing. Um, don't raise your hand because I know many of you have done that. Uh, we got rid of our extra clothes rack, and now we go to the gym. Hallelujah. But uh, did it work? It worked well or not ever. There's pictures all over the internet of people using those three things for clothes racks. What are they doing? They're taking something the designer meant to exercise them. And they're using it for another purpose. When the devil hijacked humanity, he hijacked the designer's intent and purpose for our lives. And when people live outside of the covenant, they'll never get to the designer's full intent 
or purpose for their life. You can only be satisfied in God. You can only be satisfied when you find out the designer's intended purpose for your life. And the only way you can do that, according to the word of God, and I want to show you some of these things, is to be sanctified. To be sanctified means to be set apart for the, for the intended use of the designer. We know Ephesians 2.10 says what? That God prearranged. He didn't prearrange your salvation, but he prearranged your life after you got saved. He, he preordained you unto good works. The good works don't save you. The good works don't start. Your, the purpose the designer had for you doesn't start until after you get born again. The steps of a righteous man. We quote this one all the time around here. You quote it all the time. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered of the Lord. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. All of that has to do with the designer, God, your father, his creation for your life. You and I cannot be content in life until you find out what the designer, God himself, had intended for you when you were in your mother's womb before you did anything right or before you did anything wrong. What does that sound like? It sounds like grace to serve. It sounds like serving grace. It sounds like the grace that is on our life. So that's why I believe the Lord, as I begin to study this, the Lord has said it's, it's important to understand sanctification by grace because your sanctification has to do with you serving God and even living grace. It, it, you're going to see that in this. But everybody shout, I'm sanctified. sanctified. Are you glad? Well I, well, I don't know if I am or not. Well, let me, let me see. Let me, let's see if we are. Let's see if we are. First Peter chapter one, verse two, amplified classic. It says, who were chosen and foreknown by God, the father and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with his blood. May, may grace, spiritual blessing and peace be given to you in increasing abundance. That spiritual uh, peace to be realized in and through Christ. Freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. So it says here, it talks about grace, but he says that we were uh, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Christ. We were sanctified and made holy by the Spirit. Remember that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, King James Version. It says this. It says, um, and such were some of you, and we'll go back and look at who some of you and I were, but it says you're washed. Do I got anybody in here washed by the blood of Jesus? If you're born again, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, you believe that he was raised from the dead, you've asked him to forgive you of your a sin of rejecting him, and you confess, believe that in your heart and confess that with your mouth, you are born again. And when you get born again, you are washed in the blood. And then continually, if you look at 1 John 1, 7, it talks about how if you walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you. The blood of Jesus continually washes you. Everybody say, thank God for the blood. Are you washed in the blood? I am washed. Do you remember? Are you washed? So it says, and it says this, and you are sanctified. So if you're washed, then you're sanctified. If you're washed, are you washed? When did you get washed? When you got born again. Are you born again? Do you remember when you got born again? Do you know you're born again? 
If, you don't, if, if you're asking somebody, are you born again? They say, I don't know. I hope I've done enough good works. What do you know? Not born again. Because salvation is what? No so. What do you know? In you. So do you know you're washed? Some of you, you, but you are washed. You are sanctified. So everybody say, I'm washed. I'm sanctified. And then it says you're justified. Woo, those are three big words. I'm washed, I'm sanctified, and I'm justified. Justified, never done it. And the name of the Lord Jesus, how? By the Spirit of God. So the agent that sanctifies you is the Spirit of God. Now, we can't just go on without this. I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes. Do you guys have the um, Young's literal up there? Can you shake the screen up and down if you do? No, I'm kidding. Do we have Young's literal? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. If we don't have it in Young's literal, you can put it up in Amplified Classic. First, this is not my notes, but I want to do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. If we don't have Young's literal, Amplified Classic, but one of them, please. Hallelujah. While they're doing it, I'll just read it to you out of the King James. Know you not, because it says, um, and, and, you were, and such were some of you, verse 11. Remember that? Well, what were the sum of you? Verses 9 and 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, we'll put it classic. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? I think this is not talking about salvation. It's talking about if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. It's talking about operate, faith is now and operating in the kingdom of God. I'm not sure that it's talking about salvation. Do you know not that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, misled, neither the impure, immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, adulterers nor those who participate in homosexuality. Verse 10 nor cheats, swindlers, and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revilers and slanderers, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Then it says what? And such were some of you. That's why we talk to you about how you identify yourself. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner, you were saved by grace, but now you washed. Now you're sanctified. Now you're justified. Identify yourself correctly. Identify yourself. Who are you? Where is your identity? If your identity is in a natural thing, it's in a, um, if your identity is, well, I'm a, uh, an accountant. I'm a this. I'm, a, I'm a, an American. I'm this. Those are all fine. But your number one identity is in Christ. Hallelujah. There's two citizens on the earth. You're either a citizen of heaven or you ain't. There's two fathers. Either Father God is your God or what Jesus told the religious people, you're of your father, the devil. There's two families. There's two kingdoms. That's it. Pick one. Y'all picked real good. Hallelujah. Some of you were those things in times past, but that's not who you are anymore. You were those things. And notice a lot of them were sexual things. That's who you used to be. It goes on in this. I don't have time to talk about it. But it talks about when you sin sexually, you sin against your temple. This is now the Ark of the Covenant. This is where the gathered presence of God lives. And when I do sexual things against my body, the Bible says you sin against your own body. That's what it says. Why is that such a big deal? Because you carry around the presence of God. I carry around the presence of God. 
Amen. How did that happen? I'm washed. I'm sanctified. I'm justified. How? By the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is the one that does it. Oh, man, now we're getting in here good. Second Thessalonians in this. Second Thessalonians. Chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. The last part of it says, what would us read? But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification, through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Who sanctifies you? When does he sanctify you? The Holy Ghost sanctifies you. When does he sanctify you? When you get born again. What is sanctification? You are set aside. You are set aside. You are made holy. You have been made righteous. You've been set aside. You've been set aside for a purpose. What is your purpose? The designer, God the Father, has a purpose for your life. And when you get born again, the designer begins to download into you the purpose for your life. Not everybody's purpose is not to be a five-fold minister. Some of your purpose is to be a business owner. Some of your purpose is to be a teacher. Some of your purpose is, you know, your career. Some of your purpose purpose has to do with you being a mom and a dad. Those are your purposes in life. All important, all sanctified, all holy, all righteous causes that God puts in your life. But can you see that someone who is not born again, therefore who is not sanctified, who is not justified, who has not been washed in the blood of Jesus, they're wandering because they have become a clothes hanger. Instead, They're putting their clothes on their elliptical and on their machine. The, the, the enemy is using them for an unintended purpose. They'll never be satisfied. That's why they're so angry right now. And that's why they're mad at us. Because we have this internal peace that they can't have, that they don't understand. But don't be mad at the harvest. You were once one of them. Even if you got born again at four, you were once one of them. Don't be mad at them. They don't know any better. What should we do? Get them born again. Okay, let's go on. Um, uh, where were we? Oh, we, had, we got sanctified by the Spirit of God and believing in the truth. Romans 15, 16. Romans 15. That I should be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles, which is what you and I were, are, might be acceptable. How? What's the only way that made us acceptable? Being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Who is the sanctifier? The Holy Ghost. When does he do it? When you got born again. Did you know it? Probably not. But what is it? What is sanctification? He is setting you apart unto the good work that he's called you for, your intended purpose. He is making you holy. He did all those things. When you said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I believe he was raised from the dead, you said more than a mouthful. And a lot of stuff began to happen in you that you didn't realize. Amen. So it's the Spirit of God that sanctifies us. He sets us into place like we were designed by our Creator. The act of sanctification is by the Spirit of God, by God's grace. And it declares us holy. And it declares us ready to do the things that we were designed to do by God. Because Jesus, because of Jesus, we are sanctified. Let's look at this. Let's look at, again, 1 Peter chapter 1 and 2. The Amplified Classic says, Who were uh, chosen and foreknown by God. How many of you know, aren't you glad God knows your name? 
And he loved you when you were altogether unlovely. He loved you when you were a sinner. He doesn't love you anymore today. Uh, you can be in better fellowship with him. You can be in a better position with him. Um, I'll just say it like this. He can like you better than he used to, but he doesn't love you any more than he used to. You can be more pleasing to him or less pleasing to him. But his love is equal. And he loves those people that haven't called on the name of the Lord. And we ought to love them. Because his love never fails. Didn't fail with you, it's not going to fail with them. Who were chosen and foreknown by God the Father and consecrated, sanctified, made holy by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ the Messiah and to be sprinkled with his blood. What? To be sprinkled with his blood. I take you back to last Sunday as we were celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. Remember, my sermon was about the mercy seat. The mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, right above it, the mercy seat, the cherubims are there. God said that's where, he, that's where his presence is. That's where he's going to communicate with them. And we talked about there was a, a, a likeness on the earth, and they would uh, sacrifice bulls and goats. And remember even the goat, they would lay their hands on it, and that would transfer the sin of the people. And that goat would go outside, and they would sacrifice that goat, and they would take that goat's blood and do what? Sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And then in Hebrews, we see by the Holy Ghost that there was, if that was a type, that was a shadow that there was a real in heaven. There's a real throne room with a real mercy seat, with real cherubims, not the little cute angels that are on your Christmas tree. The big, the big ones, the, 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 the strong ones. And then Jesus, remember when he, when he said to Mary Magdalene, don't touch me, because he said, I have not yet ascended. Jesus had his own blood on him because that's what the Bible says in Hebrews. We see behind the scenes. It's like, you know, the movie where you see how they made the movie and behind this, you got to go, the epistles take you behind the scenes. That's why you need to study in the epistles. And so Hebrews says, Jesus took his own blood and did what? Sprinkled it on the mercy seat. And what did that do? That gave you and I access to the father. And then he sat down because it was finished. That's why I tell Mary, don't, don't hold me here. I got to go finish. Hallelujah. So what do you do? He sprinkled. So this, it says, when it talks about sanctification it, by the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and to be sprinkled with his blood. What? Well, I went back and looked and saw, I look and seed. What happened in the old covenant not only the, the blood of goats and calves, you know, for because what did that do in the old covenant? It covered their sins. That's like, you know, today people talk about their sins being covered. If you're a new believer, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, your sins are no longer covered. They're removed. And that's a big difference. In the old covenant, they had to do it every year. But we have a high priest who went in one time and once and for all got rid of the sin problem. Well, I have a problem with sin. Well, he got rid of the sin problem. If you'll get to the, the one who resolved the sin problem and live in him and move in him and have your being in him and look at his truth, then you, you don't have to have a problem with sin. Amen. So what I, I went and looked at seed in Leviticus. And so, I understand, uh, so what they did was they also took the blood of bulls and they sprinkled it on the vessels they were going to use for worship. 
They also, they sprinkled it on the altar, but they sprinkled it on the vessels. And then if you looked at Leviticus 8.30, we're not going to look there. They also took the blood and Aaron and his sons got a little sprinkle. And they also sprinkled their garments so that they would be acceptable to come into the Holy of Holies. So the sprint, without the, the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But without the sprinkling of blood. And then, you know, um, you know I, I don't know your background, but now I understand what a certain group of people were trying to or are still trying to do when they sprinkle a baby. They're trying to reserve it, that child, to God. So I understand the heart of it now like never before, but they call it baptism, and it's not a baptism, and it's not salvation. But it probably started out in this way because you can't sprinkle no blood on a baby. That would be wrong <laughs> in so many ways. So they used water to set it apart, but then it became something else. Just maybe help somebody. I don't know why it got brought up to my heart, but maybe it'll help you. But it's still not baptism. Because baptism is baptismo, it means full immersion. And then you can't, you can't be dunking no babies. Right? You can't. So I can see how things got off, but this is a spiritual thing that's not, there's nothing in the scripture that says duplicated in the natural now. But whether you knew it or not, you were sprinkled with blood. It says the blood of Jesus purges your conscience from dead works. The blood of Jesus is so important in sanctification. But can you see? So he's talking about how we are sprinkled with blood. It's a spiritual thing. And why is that, why is that important? In the Old Covenant, the, they used the blood of calves and goats, and they sprinkled the vessels that were about to be used for God. You are a vessel, a carrier of the Holy Ghost. You're a vessel. There's some other scripture we'll get to probably next week. I mean, it talks about um, vessels of honor versus vessels of dishonor. You're a vessel. And you need it sprinkled by the blood. Not an actual sprinkle, a spiritual sprinkle, which is better. And also, so Aaron was sprinkled, his sons were sprinkled, their garments were sprinkled. So many things happened. Can you see that? Uh, Hebrews 13, 12 says this. Where, for Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. What does without the gate mean? You go back into the old covenant, the goat... They laid hands on it, and it went. the sin of the people went on that goat, and it went outside of the gate. They got it, and then they sacrificed it. Jesus, he died on a cross on Golgotha's hill that was outside. It was shame. It was disrespect. It was dishonor. He was hung among thieves outside the gate, outside the temple. But when he gave up the ghost, the Bible says the temple veil was rent from top to bottom. A couple, maybe them cherubims got a hold of it and ripped it. Something happened. Something happened. 
What that gave us access to the Father, that gave us access to the Holy of Holies, all because of the blood of Jesus. It says Jesus sanctified the people with his own blood. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 10. We'll back up a little bit. Hebrews 10 and 10. By the which we are sanctified. And I'm just really setting a, a, a foundation for you today. And I don't know how far I can go in this. But we also that he might, uh, it says verse 10 and 10, but by which we are also sanctified. Everybody say, I'm sanctified. Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So you are sanctified through his body. It's interesting. Uh, let me read this one. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 14. Um, so, um, so in 13, 12, did we read that one? Hebrews 13, 12. It, so we're sanctified by the work of his own blood. He suffered without the gate. Hebrews 10 and 10 says we're sanctified by his body. Reminds me of the Lord's table, reminds me of communion, two elements. And so sanctification has an equal thing in, it took his body and his blood. It took his body and his blood. Why is this so important? You may not have understood it when you got born again. You may have never understood it till now. But if sanctification didn't happen, you could never get to your original design. You could never be really who God created you to be. Even all the way back to the garden, the Bible says Adam and Eve were created in his likeness and in his image. Um, when you got born again, you didn't get reworked. You became a new creature. You didn't get a makeover. You, he, he, he didn't turn your old car he didn't turn, someday maybe, my, he didn't turn an old 72 Dodge Charger, the car I had when I was 16, and now I want one restored that looks just like it because I didn't realize how cool I was. Now I realize how cool I was. But he didn't take something old and junky and make it new again. No, that's not ha what happened to you. When you got born again, you're a new creature. You were a sinner, but you were made righteous. You didn't get a rework you got to remove and a redo. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. For by one, Hebrews 10, 14, for by one offering, he has perfected forever. Made complete. You're complete in him. I... I no, I, Pastor Mark, I am you can ask my wife, I am still messed up. I'm born again, even filled the Holy Ghost, but I'm still messed up. Well, then, that's the same thing as the children of Israel saying, I'm a grasshopper. You may feel like a grasshopper, just don't say you're a grasshopper. What you got to do, you got to change how you see yourself. Because it's what's defeating you. A lot of people call it humility. That's false humility. Well, I'm just nothing. Humanity, we're just nothing but a bunch of worms. We're no good sinners. Well, that's doing despite to the blood of Jesus. No, he changed you. He changed me. Do we mess up? <laughs> Do we need 1 John 1, 9? Uh-huh. That's why it's in the Bible. If you violate the light and begin to walk unrighteously, you can confess your sin and he's faithful and he's just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
You have an advocate. We have an advocate. God's got this all taken care of. You and I just need to walk in it. Come on. But sanctification is so important, and I didn't realize, obviously, how important it was, and that's why I had to pray it out. That's why he wants to talk to me about it. But it's by grace. You see, it's a work of grace that you are sanctified. And it starts. Now, there's things. How many know in everything with God, there's a God side and a man's side? In other words, remember what I kept telling you. Grace is God's side, but faith in God to receive all that grace is your side. Without faith, you can't please him. Your faith grabs hold of these things. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear you're sanctified, well, that's nice, Pastor Mark, I'm sanctified. No, you got to understand, I'm trying to get to you. There's a purpose in you being sanctified. It has everything to do with your completion. It has everything to do with you serving God. It has everything to do with you being content in this life. It, it has everything to do with God downloading the original design that he had for you in your life. And it's never too late to figure that out. You know, a lot of people struggle with this. Well, you know, especially get in their 40s and 50s and they call it a midlife crisis. I'll let you know when I get to there. Uh, but I'm not going to have a midlife crisis because I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Remember John the Baptist? This is not my notes, but remember John the Baptist? Remember they came to him and said, who are you? Who are you? You got to know who you are. And he said, I can tell you who I'm not. I'm not the Christ. Are you Elijah? Are you Elisha? Are you one of the prophets? He said, let me tell you who I am. I'm the one who, go, who comes in the wilderness that prepares a way. That's who I am. Everyone in this room has the design to do something in this life. Maybe at most, you know, of the body of Christ, 95 to 98% is not called to full-time ministry. But you have a call. You have something to do, to do by design. It's your fulfillment. It has to do with something maybe in the community. It has something to do uh, with you in a certain city, in a certain place. It has to do with a career field. It has to do with you having a family. It, ha it, has, it has everything to do with all those things. But it's by design, by a designer. And you can't get there until you understand that you are sanctified. Sanctified by the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Set apart. Set apart by God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody shout it again. Say, I'm sanctified. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse number 2. It says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that are in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So have you called on the name of the Lord? Let's work this backwards. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Are you saved? Yeah, amen. All right. And are you a saint? Well, I lost half of you. Well, I don't want to call myself a saint. You know, that's kind of elevated. No, a certain church elevated it. God called you a saint. Well, I don't always act like a saint. Call yourself one anyway. Again, I'm just going to work that out of somebody in the room. 
I can always detect it. I want to get my, 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 my shovel, and I want to get in you, and I want to, I want to move that out of you because you think it's humility. It's not. It's not humility to call yourself what God doesn't call you anymore. Well, Lord, you know I'm nothing but a sinner. What? You mean the blood of Jesus didn't fix you? There's not going to be another resurrection. He's already done it. The blood's right there. You got to receive. It's on the mercy seat. You got to receive what he's done. Don't do do despite to the spirit of grace or to the blood of Jesus. Call yourself. Come on. Let the sick say I'm healed. Let the weak say I'm. Let those who mess up say I'm sanctified. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I saying you should just live messed up? No. The Bible says if you, if you understand grace, you won't, you won't live in lasciviousness. You won't, uh, you know, it, it'll, the grace of God teaches you not to sin. So does sanctification. When you, re- come on, you're sanctified. If you think about in the old covenant, when they took the blood and they sprinkled it on the vessels, when they sprinkled it on Aaron and his sons and on their garment to send them into the holy place, you have been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. Now watch this. So everybody say, I'm a saint. saint. Come on, say it better. Say, I'm a saint. saint. Praise the Lord. And what happened? To them that are sanctified, there it is again, in Christ. So around here you learn about the in Christ realities. In yourself, you can't be sanctified. In your works, you can't be sanctified. In you alone, you'll never get to the design that the designer had for you. You can try, you can work towards it, but that can only be in him. You are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ? So you can say, I'm sanctified. Now, Pastor Mark, why is this such a big word? Why is the Holy Ghost wanting this to be a big word? Because if you understand all that it is, it gets you on the road. I'm keeping telling you this. It gets you onto the road of who you're supposed to be. In this hour and this time that we live in, the steps that you take are ordered of the Lord. They've always been. But if you need, can take them with more surety and more purpose, because out in the world, they're going to try to pull you off of your steps. They're going to try to pull you off of who you are. They're going to try to pull you away from being in Christ Jesus. The devil don't mind that you say, because he can't mess with that, you're going to heaven. But he sure doesn't want you to have heaven on earth and reach your final destination or take anybody with you. He'd just like for us to be quiet, sit down, shut up, get in our own little group and leave everybody else alone. But that ain't going to work because we're going to talk to people. We're going to help people. But you see, you're sanctified in Christ Jesus. Look at this one, uh, 130, uh, 1 Corinthians 130. It says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus. So are y'all in Christ? He's in you, you're in him. Just like he said, I'm in the Father, Father's in me, you're in, we're, we're all together. Hallelujah. Um, it says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, of whom God has made unto us. So these things God has been made unto us. Wisdom. You grateful for the wisdom of God? How I many know God is smarter than you are? Yes. And people say all the time, well, we need to use wisdom. Well, it just depends on who you're using. Because yes. the wisdom of this world is devilish. That's what James says. Right? Right? So he's been made unto you wisdom. I like to say it this way too. I have the mind of Christ. You need to renew your mind with the word of God. But that doesn't, that's not what I believe gives you the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a position. I'm in him. And has he made you righteous? 
When, did, when you got born again, did he make you righteous? He knew, who knew no sin became sin that you might become the righteous of God in Christ. And, oh, there it is. Sanctification. And rede- right in between redemption. Are you all redeemed? Yeah. What does it mean to be redeemed? Redeemed from something to something. I've been redeemed from the curse. What I've been redeemed unto, the blessings of Abraham. I've been redeemed from something to something. I've been made righteous, made holy. I've got God's wisdom. I've got God's wisdom because I'm in Christ. So in Christ, I have the ability to walk in God's wisdom. In Christ, I've been made righteous. In Christ, I've been redeemed. And in Christ, I have been sanctified. One more, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Ooh, this is a good one right here. Hebrews chapter 2, they're all good. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 11. For both he that sanctifies, who's, who's the one sanctifying? The Holy Spirit and Jesus, right? We went through those, who sanctifies you? The Holy Spirit. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. It's a work of the Spirit. Sanctification is a work of the Spirit. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Ghost. When you get born again, he sanctified you. You may not have realized that you thought you were just getting born again so you miss hell and make heaven. But when you got born again, all this stuff came to you. You were made righteous. You were made holy. He sanctified you. He sanctified you. What what does that mean? He set you apart for your original design. Now you can get on with your life and get to your original design. Am I saying it enough? Are you getting it? God has a design for you. It's where your contentment lies. It's what you're responsible for at the judgment seat of Christ. So being sanctified is what gets you on the road. It sets you apart, sets you apart. It makes, it takes you back, if you will, to Adam and Eve when they were created in the likeness and the image of God. Come on, when you get, remember when Jesus rose from the dead in the book of John, uh, uh, remember, remember what happened. Uh, uh, oh, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember what, in the, I say it like this, in the garden of Eden, man lost his breath. Reminds me when I was a little boy and some dude was taking off my coat, he sucker punched me in my gut and I lost my breath and I thought I was going to pass out. Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you? Humanity has lived with the wind knocked out of them. How do I know that? Because when God formed Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth, then he breathed the ruha, the breath of God into them, and they became alive. What happened was they lost their breath. And they lived for thousands of years without the breath of God. But then Jesus came. But then Jesus came. But then Jesus came. And one of the very first things he did when he rose from the dead now see he he ministered on earth as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost but when he got up he's all God again just limited to a human body but he's all God again and he saw them all and the Bible says and I believe it's John 20 32 somewhere around there it says he breathed on them the breath of life and he said receive the Holy Ghost what happened man got their breath back what happened they became alive again not a substandard alive from Adam and Eve. They can't, we are alive again. We're alive again like God intended. And he sanctified us. 
and he set us apart. Hebrews 2.11. For both he that sanctifies and them who are sanctified are one. The sanctifier, the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier by the body and the blood of Jesus. When you got sanctified, you became not you're in him, but also you're one with him. Meditate on that a while. Meditate. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world is great. But I'm one with God. It's a little much for your brain. It's a little much for your brain. But scripture. But you couldn't be, ever be one with him unless you were sanctified. Well, I'm trying to get holy, Pastor Mark. I'm trying. Quit trying and believe. Believe what? It's a positional thing first. There are things to do. We'll get to them next week. But you've got to start with the spirit first. Our human nature always wants to work outward, inward. The Holy Ghost wants to work inward, outward. That's why he said work out your salvation. He didn't say try to figure your own out. Work it out means it's in you. Now work it out into your flesh and into your life. It's not work it out, figure it out. <laughs> it's work it out. It's in you. Now let it work out. All right. Everybody say, I'm one with him. For this cause, he's not ashamed to call you. I tell this story all the time. My sister and I, we grew up in a denominational church. And she got a hold of the things of the Spirit of God first. And she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, I think I had moved back from Indy. And we were living together. My mom and dad were up in Iowa. Uh, my dad got transferred up there. So we were staying at the house and I was working for an accounting firm. We were just learning some things. And one morning we got up and getting ready for church and she had been studying the night before. And she said, did you know that Jesus is our brother? And I, I remember saying to her, Robin, don't say that. I thought she was gonna get struck with lightning. To be equal, brother, he's savior, he's Lord, he's master. But don't, girl, don't call him brother. You're gonna fry. She goes, it's in the Bible. <laughs> oh, we're just learning that. But it, it's changed. When she said it, and then I got, then, I, then she showed me, and, she, and then I began to hear it. How could God equate us? with Jesus. How's it even possible? Why is it even important? He wants you to see he created Adam and Eve to have a family, to have sons and daughters. You are the sons and daughters of the Most High. Jesus, our elder brother, yes, he's Savior, yes, he's Master, but he's not ashamed. Come on, I'm not ashamed of him, but he's not ashamed of me. How could that be? How could that be? Me, imperfect, me the way I am. How could it be the word made flesh would call me and not be ashamed to call me brethren because I'm no longer in myself, I'm in him. I'm no longer covered by the blood. I've been transformed by the blood. I've been sanctified by the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.